Hi guys, welcome to Touch by Prayer. I am super, super excited because you know I'm all about like the miracles. I'm all about the healing. I'm all about what God is doing. And there is nothing that makes me more excited when I actually see Jesus, like his work <laughs> in front of me. When I start to see people who are operating in the gifts, when I see people who have words of encouragement, words of knowledge, and I see the miraculous being done by everyday people. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about. Um, when I first started, when I first got filled with the Holy Spirit back in 2009, I didn't even know anything about prophecy. I didn't know anything about the prophetic. I didn't know anything, but I did know that I served a very supernatural God because he was talking to me and he was showing me things. And I would see these visions and I would hear these things to do. And he would have me pray. And I would pray for people. I would pray for different situations. And, and in my prayer time, I saw two people raised for, out of comas. And I, and, and I didn't even understand it. I didn't even understand what God was doing, but I would pray and I would hear, and then I would see, and then I would get the confirmation. And so when I started, when I decided that it was time for me to go to work, the Lord started to send people to a cosmetic counter and they started to encounter God, not because I knew what I was doing or that I knew that this was what is what I was called to do, but because he had a plan and a purpose for my life. And so what I did is that I would be putting makeup on women and then I would be talking about the goodness of God and I'd be talking about the love of Jesus. And I would start to pray for people and people start getting healed. I saw signs and wonders and miracles. I had all these crazy things happen at this little, at this cosmetic counter which by the way, was the number one counter in the store, just saying, because when God is on display, he shows off and he shows off not only in miracle signs and wonders, but also in finances because I was, um, because I was being used to bless others. And so I became a blessing to that counter because mm -hmm. the minute that I left, the numbers went down, just saying. So all of that to say is that what I started to do is I started to believe that there was a possibility that God still heals because I saw a movie called Finger of God by Darren Wilson. And I saw people getting healed, people getting set free. And I said, wait a second, if I can I do that, Lord? Can I do that? And if I can do that, I will do that. And that's exactly what I did. And that is exactly what my guest is. My guest is taking Jesus to the streets. He's taking Jesus to countries. And he is showing the power and the love of Jesus to every single person he meets. This book, this book, it is called Putting Jesus on Display with Power and Love because he's all about power. He's all about the the love. And so I'm super excited to introduce you guys to Brian Blount. Brian is a pastor. He and his wife have a um, ministry in Oklahoma. And we are going to talk to Brian. Brian, welcome to Touch by Prayer. I am super excited to have you on. I can't wait to dig into all your stories and to hear about how you have taken Jesus. And man, you've put a spotlight on him, haven't you? <laughs> well, thanks for having me, Lisa. I'm really excited. I love your passion. I love that story too about just being at the uh, makeup counter and putting makeup on people and then leading them to Jesus. I mean, that's exactly what I'm well, I'm not, not putting makeup on people with Jesus, but, <laughs> but living in your ordinary everyday life, just what you're doing. And, and sometimes we think we have to go and be on mission, uh, you know, or we have to go do outreach. But when you just go to those 
places that you go every day, like you're going to work, or we do those Monday activities. God is inviting us into mission on those things. So I love hearing that. That's that's incredible. But I, I'm glad to be with you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, and it's it's so funny because when I got your book, I was like, oh heck yeah, because <laughs> Sean Tabbitt, he actually said, Hey, I got somebody for you. You need to have this guy on your show. And I'm like, Well, who is he? He goes, Oh, he's like praying over people, people's ears are opening, eyes are seeing. I mean, he's doing it all. And he does it when he's on the phone in the drive-through. I'm like, Okay, seriously, I said seriously. Brian is like he's like he is like my brother because seriously, that is what that is my passion, and I love that you don't hold back. It's not because you do have a church, you and your wife have a church, but you don't save it for the pulpit. You don't save it just for Sunday. That you walk this out twenty four seven, right? Well, that's what we're called to do as believers: is to simply do that. Is to look for those opportunities where, um, see, God's always at work. He's always moving. And all we have to learn to do is learn to look, listen, and respond to his activity. And when we do that, we'll see the kingdom break in. It doesn't matter who you are. This is for all believers. You know, when Jesus commissioned the disciples to go in all the world, he commissioned disciples, not, you know, uh, these, uh, you know, uh, A-list uh, evangelists. You know, he called ordinary, everyday believers to go do the extraordinary work of the kingdom. And this is an actual name. He said he poured out a spirit upon, you know, his power come upon us, what to be witnesses. So his power comes on ordinary believers for us to be a witness, to put Jesus on display in love and power, in proclamation and demonstration, whether you're on the phone, you know, whether you're at Walmart, whether you're going through the drive-thru, it doesn't matter. And here's the thing that I, I think we forget is that God really does live inside of us. And he wants us to enjoy us and enjoy him and enjoy his work and his mission. And so if we get into that thinking that God's always at work, he's always speaking, we just need to learn to look, listen, and respond, then any you know situation becomes a, a time for us to really break in and see the kingdom happen. So, yeah. Well, you know, one of the things that you wrote in your book, there's a couple, well, there's a couple of things I do want to hit on because yeah. um, <laughs> the one thing that that you did is you you talked about, and I thought this was so clever. You talked about, well, what if Jesus was a baseball player and that he was, it's such a great analogy. And so, you know, Jesus is going to go and he's going to make a team, but he's not going after, like, he's not going into the major leagues. He's not going there. Oh, heck no. He's going to get a ragtag bunch of people who have like a bat and a ball and they're kind of trying right. to figure out because Absolutely. guess what they're teachable right right they're teachable and i think that's one of the things that i love is when you really start to look at how jesus taught the disciples he just he demonstrated that's what he did and he Absolutely. encouraged them he reminded them of who they were and that they were called Absolutely. Absolutely. He had a relationship with them. Right. And he had he had deep relationships. He had a relationship so strong with John that John rested his head on his shoulders half of the time. Right. You right. know what I mean? And so that's one of the things it's like as you start to understand the relationship that you have, I think that's one of the things like you said, um, what did you say when when you said that Jesus came as a baseball player and, and he looked up at, at the Lord and he's like, Really them? <laughs> yeah, are these the guys? Are these yeah. really the guys? Right, you know? right. 
but yet he he taught them and they yeah. became a force to be reckoned with and i really Absolutely. believe that your book your book is mm. is a force to be reckoned with because what it does is there's so much encouragement i mean you you start off talking mm. about like opening up the ears of the deaf come on yeah like, yeah seriously I mean, yeah no i mean listen I, my whole heart is when i began to see that this was first of all in the gospel that this is what we're called to do but then i really wanted to see a model of how do you do this stuff you know and um this was you know, i've been doing this for 20 years now and back then you know we had vhs tapes and cassette tapes you know it wasn't just uh information wasn't ready as as, as it is today and so i would take whatever i could books tapes listen to these things and i would be encouraged by that but i mean i had a heart to see like this happen just as you go out in the streets and I wasn't seeing a whole lot of people do this, um, I, but I heard of a guy named Blaine Cook, who was part of the, the vineyard movement with John Wimber. And what I loved about Blaine, Blaine was just an ordinary everyday guy that uh, would, on his lunch break, he'd lead like two to three you know, people to the Lord. I mean, he's led thousands of people to Jesus just being a regular, ordinary business guy, leading Bible studies, the whole bit. And I thought, man, if this guy can do it, maybe I can do it. And so I remember jumping in my car, driving like 12 hours to Chicago because he was going to be this meeting. I thought if I could just get in the atmosphere, maybe something rub off. I don't know. And, and I'm praying all along the way, Jesus, will you pour out your power, you pour out your spirit on me, just like you did, you've done with, uh, uh, you know, John Wimber and Blaine Cook. And so I get to this meeting and the craziest thing happens. Blaine Cook, who doesn't know me from anywhere, just points at me and says, you young man, the power of God's all on you for power and angels. And I'll tell you, Elisa, the power hit me so strong, I was flying back, taking about eight rows of chairs, and I'm shaking, just going, God, thank you for touching me. But I want to see like this happen now outside the four walls of the church. Well, God answers those desperate prayers. So we had to go to uh, lunch that afternoon with some Popeye's chicken. And I know Popeye's chicken's kind of in the news right now, but this is for a whole different reason. So we walk into Popeye's, and I happen to see this lady um, who's standing in line now. At least I was accustomed to getting the words of knowledge um, inside the four walls, but I had never like experienced God's voice outside that. And so, but one of the ways that the Lord would speak to me often was through sympathy things. So I see this lady stand in line and my left arm began to hurt. And I heard the Lord said, if you'll go pray for right now, I'll heal her on the spot. And I went, no way. <laughs> I mean, here I am like full of faith, right? I'm like, no, I'm, I'm scared on the spot. And I, you know, I drove all this way, praying, asking God to anoint me. Blaine Cook calls me out. I have this powerful encounter. I'm asking for an opportunity. And what am I doing? I'm standing right there in Popeye's chicken as the biggest chicken, <laughs> you know. And the Lord's telling me, go pray for the woman, and, and I'll, I'll heal her. And I said, Lord, I'm not going to do that. Said, Nothing's going to happen. And I had a buddy with me, and he kept going. He, he could figure something was going on. I said, what do you think God's saying? I said, well, I don't know. I think now maybe God might be saying, now before it was like, if you go pray for all healer, now I'm questioning if Jesus will really do this. And he goes, just go over there, just pray for her. I said, no. I said, what if nothing happens? And this is where I think a lot of us live. What if nothing happens? But he said to me, he goes, but what if something does? And still, you know what? I still let the fear get me. And I, I, I mean, I started in power days with a complete chicken, honestly. So my buddy goes, all right, how about this? How about I go over to her and I ask her if she has a problem in her left arm. And th that way you'll know if you heard God. And I said, all right, but you can't tell her it came from me. I mean, I was literally chicken out. She walks over to the lady and says this. He says, 
Ma'am, you have a problem with your left arm. Can you let me pray for you right now? Jesus will heal you in the spot. And she looks at him. She goes, I have a problem with my left arm. How did you know that? And, she goes, and he goes, see that guy over there? And, and I learned a valuable lesson that day that, that the kingdom of God's at hand, even when you're a chicken, and God and your friends never let you get away with anything. Well, God healed that woman on the spot through my friend. And here's another thing that I learned is that it doesn't matter how powerful of an encounter you have. You cry out and God touches you. If you don't go and step out and do something with it, then it doesn't mean anything. Here's my friend. He didn't get called out. He didn't have a word from God. He just simply went over in obedience and just asked her, prayed for, and she got healed. And so my thing is, it doesn't matter where you start. Just start. Come on. That's a word. Hold you back. Absolutely. And I think that's one of the things it's, it's funny because when I was starting, when I tried to write up this, um, the little like, you know, uh, advertisement for our show to promote the show, you know, it was so funny. It's like, what if you got a phone call from God and he said, I'm going to heal the world. What would you do with that? And it was really an invitation. And I, you know, it wasn't something, but I thought about it. And so like, even <laughs> Even today, you know, this woman came into my store and, and I work at a, you know, kind of, you know, the store, you got to yeah. be careful. You got to be careful. And because uh, I'm from New Jersey, so you just don't know <laughs> what you're dealing with. I'm not in the Bible Belt. We'll just put it that way. Yeah, yeah. I'm not in the Bible Belt, you know, so you just don't know. But this woman came in and I was asking about her, um, I was asking about her in-law and I was, and there was something inside of me. It's like mm. offer to pray for her. And I was like. Uh, but, but I did, I did. Yeah. And now I'm thinking, great. She thinks I'm crazy and she's not going to come back, but it doesn't matter. And I said no. to the Lord, and then the Lord brought that back to me about what I wrote. Hmm. And he said to me, he said, Lisa, didn't you just write? What if you got a phone call that said wow. that I was going to heal? Wow. He said, you got the phone call. You got the phone call. Yeah. You got the phone call. So I'm just here to tell you, your phone is ringing, guys. Pick up your phone because he's here to tell you that this is the thing, you know, just like you said, Brian, people are so afraid. They're so afraid. And it's that fear of man. Yeah. It's like my my husband just said to me just uh, two days ago, um, and he said, you know what, Lisa, if you don't ever start, you failed. Mm, that's good. I'm like, right. Who are you? I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but that was such a good word. And right. I just looked at him. I'm like, that is such a good word. Yeah. But I'm just saying that, you know, like you said, you know, you knew you had the unction, you had the word, you knew what was entailed by it, you know, what you yeah. needed to do. But it was, but there was that uncomfortableness. So how, yeah, how did absolutely. you break that? How did you break that, that being of uncomfortable? that's a good question. Here's the thing I'll tell you. After 20 years of doing this, I still feel that every single time. <laughs> the butterflies have never left. Yeah. The question never stops. The intimidation from the enemy, that goes on. And honestly, I pray that it never does because here's the thing. What it does is that now it allows me to go, okay, Holy Spirit, I know that you're going to do something. Mm -hmm. But it also gets me in a place where I have to rely on Holy Spirit instead of myself. And mm -hmm. so I go in with knees knocking, my heart, you know, pounding. I've learned to put a good game face on, but on the inside, I'm like, oh, God, I hope you show up, you know. Mm -hmm. And I'm always surprised 100% of the time when I see the Lord show up. I'm like a kid in a candy store. And, and then I'm shocked when it doesn't happen. But mm -hmm. here's the thing is I think if, if, we get to, if we think we're going to get to a point where we're never going to have those feelings, 
you're probably not going to get to that place. But here's the thing: it's it's just it's obedience. It's walking in that place. You know, you, you got to get out of the boat and walk on the water. And here's the thing: you're going to get wet. You know, no matter <laughs> what, you're going to sink, but you're going to get wet. And yeah. and so, but that that's part of the thing. And so the Lord will always give us opportunities. So it's it's learning to. Uh, know that when fear's coming, oftentimes there's a natural part that we all fear, but a lot of times there's a fear of the enemy that's trying to literally, what's happening is that he's trying to project that fear onto us because he knows that if we simply believe what we're about to believe, then his kingdom or his power over that person is going to get crushed. And so he's trying to put all that fear on you. So really that fear is being projected on you. And so once you realize that, you go, wait a second, I know that. And then you be bold as a lion and you trust in Jesus. And here's the thing. Honestly, most of the time, if, if you have this fear, it's 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 not like we're going to be like, you know, stoned to death or something. You know, someone might throw an insult at you. But half the, honestly, most of the time, I, I think nine times out of ten, people are just absolutely stunned that you took the time to, like, notice them. And to, to be a listening ear, to say, you know, can I pray for you? I, it, it really does something. Because we live in a world where all we're doing is we're looking at our devices and we're walking around, right? Instead mm-hmm. of just seeing somebody looking them in the eye and saying, you know what? I see you. I notice you. And, and and smiling at people. It's not that hard, honestly. And you can build a rapport with somebody. And then, man, just give them the love of Jesus. The love of God is greater than the fear of the evil one or man. So tap into love. Mm. And I think that's the whole thing. You know, if if we love somebody, like I always think about, okay, if I'm so afraid to, um, hold on, I'm sorry, I'm getting smacked. (laughs) No, seriously, like there's, I think that there's an angel because I'm getting, I'm literally getting whacked right now. Um, um, What what I was going to say is that, you know, sometimes I think about if I don't, if I don't do what God has told me to do, that that I'm going to be the reason that somebody misses out on their blessing. And mm-hmm. I just, I can't do that. Yeah. And so if I can't, you know, if, if I say that I really love, if I'm going to be that, you know, I'm going to love everybody, well, then I have to get out of my own way in order to go and do that. Right. Sometimes I have to just say, yeah, I know it's inconvenience. I mean, I was telling you yesterday when we were talking on the phone that sometimes I'll be in the car and I, I'll see something and I'm like, Rob, can you just pull over, you know, my husband? And he's like, oh, great. There's coming a drive-by because he knows, he knows that if I see something, my kids know that if somebody asks me for prayer, the Lord tells me to pray that, right. that that's exactly what I'm going to do. And so there's, there's something about that that's that when we really start to live that kind of a lifestyle, it becomes part of who we are. And I think that's yeah. kind of what you're what you're saying. Absolutely, right? I, that's exactly what I'm saying. It, it doesn't just come all you know, like one day like that. It, it's it's over time of you continually giving yourself to the Lord and practicing His presence. Mm-hmm. And you know, as you're, you're stepping out, you're you know. I'm going to try to give a word of knowledge and you, let's say you miss it. Here's the thing I've learned so much and I love it. At first I used to go, oh gosh, man, I've totally messed up the entire encounter now. What I have found though is if I give a word of knowledge and it's wrong, I didn't miss it. What happens is it's an, it's like an icebreaker to a spiritual conversation and that's mm-hmm. how I use it now. And 
So then I'll say, well, do you kind of have anything else going on in your life that you need prayer for? And you know what? Half the time people even miss or forget that you just miss them in a word. They're just like, okay, yeah, you're praying for them. So really it's just learning to step out and, you know, take risk. And risk opens the door to the impossible. That's what I found. Risk opens the door to the impossible. That That's is so, good. so true, you know? Yeah. And, and what, the other thing that you said is that sometimes an inconvenience is actually a divine setup. Uh, yes, yes, absolutely. An inconvenience is often an invitation to see the kingdom break through. I'll give you a story. So I was, I was actually, uh, this happens to me all the time now, and I, I get so frustrated. And sometimes I still do when this inconvenience comes, but I, I've gotten a little bit smarter going, okay, maybe this is Jesus like inviting me to go somewhere I wouldn't normally go or talk to somebody I normally wouldn't talk to. So one of the times was I, I had just bought this really nice suitcase and I was traveling and we were, uh, this was, I mean, just horrible. I get off the airplane and my bag is like broke. And I'm like, what am I going to do? You know, I, I can't just ship this bag off. So when I get to my hotel room, I call Amazon in the middle of the night. And I'm like, hey, listen, my bag broke. I don't know what to do. You know, I can't just send it in. And, and as I'm talking to this lady, she, uh, all of a sudden, I, I have this thought, oh, my gosh, I know now why my bag broke. I bet you anything, this inconvenience was an invitation for me to talk to this lady. And sure enough, Lisa, the, the next thing I know is the Lord's giving me words of knowledge for this lady. And she is flipped out, out of her mind, like, how did you know this? What's going on? I said, here, you have pain in your body? She said, yes, I want to pray for you, and God's going to heal you. And she began to feel this heat and warmth from all of her body. Not only did she get healed, she ended up giving her life to Jesus. In that inconvenient moment of my bag breaking, this lady, because I, I, I took it as not being frustrated, I took it as an invitation from Jesus, begin to look, listen, and respond. She gets healed, gives her life to Jesus. And that's what she says at the end. I love it. She says, she goes, I know I'm not supposed to say this. She goes, but I'm so glad your bag broke. And I said, you know what? I would have had a million bags break if I would have had just one encounter like this with you. And she was just over the top, just could not believe that someone would pray for her like that. You know? But it was an inconvenient moment. Right. But it was a it was a, a setup, it which a I setup. love. Absolutely. Totally a setup. You know, it's Jehovah sneaky at his best. Yeah. So it's changing the way you think on situations like that. And, and so if, you know, you get detoured somewhere or someone calls you or you get, you know, something breaks and now you're on the phone with whoever, instead of seeing that as just an inconvenience, go, Holy Spirit, is this an invitation? <laughs> and I'll tell you what, nine, nine times out of 10, that's what it is. And I've seen mm -hmm. this happen time after time after time there was a there was a period when literally almost every cell phone was like was either breaking or services being interrupted <laughs> internet for a three-month period and i was having to call and talk to all these you know representatives of the phone and i was like god really loves these representatives of the phone and here's the thing they spend hours on phone getting yelled at you know working hard hours and then someone just simply takes the time to be nice Here's God for them, praise for them. They're shocked. They're blown away. And so, honestly, inconveniences are often an invitation to put Jesus on display. That's so good. And, yeah. you know, I think that some of the things that you talked about is like going through a drive through. Like, because in a drive through, you only have like <laughs> yeah. this amount of time. Right 
to give somebody because otherwise you're going to get cars beeping. So I'd like to know your secret because I have a tendency of um, <laughs> elaborating a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got you to be a little fast. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah so, right. Here's what happened. One time I, I had a car full of, I had six kids. Oh boy. So yeah. So, and three of them were triplets. So we have uh -huh. all the way from 19 to 12, you know? And so, you know, our half of the time, our, you know, little, you know, uh, eating moments, you know, for lunch after church is going to, you know, this, uh, you drive through that drive through. And I remember one time just being absolutely frustrated. And I thought the Lord said, listen, this is an adventure. This is an opportunity for you to put me on, on display. And I was like, how am I going to do this? This is like through the, you know, uh, through the window, you don't have much time. And I just simply listen to what he said. Lord gives me a word of knowledge. I said, hey, do you have to have this condition? Or like, yeah, like, why would you ask me that? I said, sometimes Jesus gives me pictures and impressions. Can I pray for you? And I'll tell you what, at least that one after another, I could tell you hundreds of stories of people getting healed, getting saved right through the drive-through. And it's just, it all started with that day of just, Okay, Brian, don't look at this as an inconvenience. Don't look at this as this. And you, you've got to be quick, of course. But you know what? Here's the thing that I've noticed. When it is the Lord, I've had cars piled up beeping, and they'll take their headset off. They'll hold out their hand. They don't care if, if anybody's come up behind them, and they're praying, and it is a powerful time. You know, and just – and sometimes, you know, I'll say, hey, look, I know you're busy. Let me come back around, and I'll pray for you again. Or maybe I'll come to the store and talk to him later. So you have to fill all those moments out because you, you want to be respectful to people. But I've learned to do it kind of quickly too. And one of the things I love, honestly, is, is not just the word knowledge or praying for somebody, but if you can begin to demonstrate uh, the, the presence of God for somebody, now that is something I think the church has lost in this, that we get the ability to, to release the manifest presence of God. And so what I'll say, listen, what you're going to begin to feel is this, this warmth of this tingling come through your body right now. And it's like when that happens and they're going to heal, literally they'll get more shocked by that and go, oh, my God, I feel that. I feel that. Like right when you said I feel heat and tingling and they begin to feel the presence of God, this joy hits them. I love that more than anything because the whole thing is God is wanting to encounter them with his love. Absolutely. You know, it's just amazing. Well, you know, it's uh, you and I were kind of talking yesterday and I was telling you that there have been times that, you know, God has sometimes he's shown up at what I would consider I would consider an inconvenient time. But his timing is always perfect. Yeah. And so, you know, working at a cosmetic counter. You know, it, it's it's a great place to meet women. But what would happen is as I would be putting their makeup on, they would be crying it off <laughs> because they're they're encounter they're encountering yeah. him. And so the the first I'll never forget the first person I prayed, I prayed for peace over them and they didn't understand anything. They weren't charismatic. They they were you know, they just didn't understand anything. And she just sat there. She's like, oh, oh, this is so nice. Yeah. And she's like, what, like, what, what is it? Like I said, it's kind of like a Xanax. And she's like, <laughs> yes. You gotta use your language. No, that's right. That's really good. That's you know, yeah. Because yeah, if, yeah. you right. know, you want to, you don't want them to be freaked out. Right. Right. Do you know, you're, you're trying to do things in such a way that, that people can say that this is normal. 
right. that, that there was nothing weird about it, that, but yeah. there was, and the other thing too, and that one of the things that I love about your book is you put display, you put the pat, you know, putting Jesus on display with love. Yeah. That is such a key because when you love somebody, when you, when you are truly using the father's heart to love somebody, you're very aware of where they're located. You're very yeah. aware of their comfort, like if they're feeling uncomfortable about something. So you'll pull back because you're only wanted that experience to right. be filled with love, to be right. filled with a peace. Because if they're all freaked out about it, they're not feeling nothing. Right. And, and our job is, is, is to put Jesus on this plate. It's not us getting a testimony. It's not us getting a healing story. It's not us having an encounter. It's simply leaving them with the understanding that Jesus really loves them. And right. also, like, I tell them all the time, is like, look, this is what Christians do. And so when I lead someone to Jesus in those moments, two of the things I'll tell them, I say, look, I'm not specially gifted. This is what the assignment of a believer and disciple to do. And I'll tell them that. And I'll, what I'll usually do is I'll, I'll pray over them and activate them right at that moment. And if I can, if I'm in a situation where I can actually get them to go pray for somebody, I will because I know what's going to happen within the next you know, hour, day, whatever. The enemy's going to come. Someone in the church is going to come. So all that passed away. It doesn't work. This, you know, and we want to go ahead and build their hearts so much full of faith and love, yep. and hope. And, and here's the thing: when you say about love, it is a big deal because you know Jesus moved with compassion, right? And compassion always leads us to action. So when we have empathy. We might look at someone and go, "Oh man, I can kind of get that." But when you have compassion, it leads you into an absolute place of action. I'll give you a story. This was this is pretty wild. We were, um, it was, I go to South Africa quite a bit and take teams, and we went with a group, and we went to a place in the city where, I'll tell you, at least it was it was really hard to see. It was, I mean, there was people all over the place. I mean, just huddled under newspapers, makeshift tents. You know, they had some little fires. They had some of them were lucky enough to have a coat, maybe a blanket, um, and they're just shivering. And here we come with some soup, some bread, and and also to pray. So we wanted to you know, give them something practical, and then we wanted to also show them the supernatural love and power of God. But I, I see this one lady, and I began to talk with her, and I, I offered her some food, and she goes, well, why do I need that? And I said, well, aren't you hungry? And she goes, well, yeah, I'm hungry, but it doesn't matter. She goes, I have AIDS, and I'm going to die anyway. I'm just a grandma standing here. And you see that guy over there? He gave me AIDS. What does it matter if I have another meal or not? And I said, wow. I, you know what? There was no words. You know what I did? I just simply grabbed the lady and I held her and I wept with her. And just wept and wept and wept. And this is a beautiful thing. I didn't have words. I just wept. The action of compassion lead, led me just to hold her. And then all of a sudden she goes, oh my gosh. I said, what? Her face just beams. She goes, the pain has left my body. She goes, I feel hope. I feel life. Now, I don't know, Lisa, she had a little age, but what I know is she encountered Jesus. She turns around. She starts now picking up the meal. She starts eating the meal. She goes over to the guy who gave her AIDS and hands him part of the meal. And it, all that was was me simply noticing this woman, not trying to give her this theological answer or this or that. It just simply, I just wept with her. And I held her, and that's all that was needed. About that time, just another part, the same same story. I, these guys come around to me and said, "Brian, 
you got to come quick. You got to come quick. There's a guy in a tent. I think he's dying. And so I'm like, honestly, I didn't think about running over there. To, wow, this is an opportunity to try to raise somebody from the dead. You know what I thought? I thought, oh, my gosh, there's a guy laying in his tent. If he's going to die, what if he is – I don't want him to be alone. Mm. You know, could you imagine? I mean, it's hard enough for when, you know, uh, a believer or a loved one, you know, goes. I mean, it's just passing from this life to the next. But to not be a believer, not to know, and not to have any family, be just a throwaway in the street and no one's there. So I ran and jumped in this guy's tent. He'd been there for three weeks just dying. It's, you could hear from the, out of his tent that, that death rattle. I don't know if you, you've heard that one's been around someone dying. It's just his, his lung, uh, I mean, just this horrible sound. And I jump in his tent. I said, sir, don't worry. I said, you're not going to be alone. I said, I'm here with you. And then all of a sudden, I hear the Holy Spirit speak to me. I said, Brian, I want you to do two things. I want you to release the spirit of peace and break the spirit of infirmity. And so I, I said, Holy Spirit, would you come with your peace? Now, at least I thought for a moment, all of a sudden, when I prayed that prayer, I killed the guy. <laughs> because literally all of that sound, it was this horrible sound. It just went quiet. And I said, I said, the spirit of infirmity. And then all of a sudden, the guy goes, oh, I can breathe. His lungs were completely clear. He goes, I can breathe. I can breathe. I said, sir. I said, Jesus just came to your tent. He loves you. I said, let's get out of your tent. He said, I can't walk. I said, if you can breathe, you can walk. So I helped stand him up. And here's the beautiful thing. Now we're walking down the streets. Come on. All these people know this guy has been in his tent dying. And he is literally walking. He's going, Jesus is Lord. Jesus <laughs> is Lord. He's come in my tent and he's healed me. Jesus is Lord. And here comes hope flooding in to where hopelessness was literally just taking people and binding them saying, you're just a throwaway. And so it started with love. It started with compassion. It started with us just going, hey, we can give you some bread. We can give you some soup. And then we just hugged them, loved on them, and just began to listen to the Holy Spirit and just step out in compassion in that moment. Well, and that's one of the things that um, that the Lord said. Is it says that that Jesus was filled with compassion. Absolutely. He was filled with compassion. And when he was filled with compassion, that's that sometimes was the game changer. It yeah. was that he got filled with compassion when he went to Lazarus, to the tomb of Lazarus. Right. And and so the first person who came out was Martha. And and he was he saw her. But then when Mary came out and started to cry. It says he was moved. Yeah. And he, he moved. cried. He cried and wept. And he wept. Even and though he knew that he was going to be, he's just asleep. No, he's, he's in right. He, he entered into that humanity. He entered into that mm. broken place. That's what Jesus does. He, he was fully 100% man, fully 100% God. And mm. he enters into that place. So if he entered to that and he knew it, in just moments, Lazarus was going to be resurrected, how Come much on. more is he calling us to? to move into that way. Because when you begin to love at that level, you begin to care for the person and something just opens up. It's like, I, it's just, yeah. And, and you, you know, it's like when you're, you don't feel love and someone just notices you and they begin to love you. It's mm -hmm. like, oh man, you, wow. I mean, just hope comes, life comes, the whole thing. So, yeah. See, and that's, that's the whole thing. I, I don't, I still don't believe that a lot of 
that a lot of um, sons and daughters, I'm going to put it that way, believe right. that they have the same power, the same authority. You know, one of the things that John Paul Jackson taught about is he talked about the, the difference between power and authority because yeah. there is a difference. And yeah. so when you start to understand that the power is from Jesus, it, it came from the Holy Spirit. So, and you talked about that in your book, but it's the authority, the authority comes in relationship. It does. That's, that's where you really get the, the greater understanding. And it's like when you, it's, I, I think that when you start to understand who you belong to, and that who you represent and God is a God who, who defends his name. And if he yeah. says that I am Jehovah Rapha, I am the God that heals. That is, he wraps himself up in that name. So right. it's like, we, we sometimes get so distracted because the enemy just wants us to say, well, th that's not, that's not going to work. And right. I've had, and I have heard testimonies of people who have prayed and prayed and prayed. I think it was Randy Clark. He prayed for over a hundred people and nobody got healed. Absolutely. You know, but it was 101. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know? yeah. But we, we got we're still pressed in there. I was, uh, I was with a, a pastor. And I, I love taking other leaders and, and, and just and non-believers, anybody out just to show them, hey, look, this is, we're meant to do this as we go. So we were, in fact, I think I told it this, this one story in the book. We were at a, a grocery store and I, I walked by this guy and he'd been limping. And, um, I said, hey, listen, if you let me pray for you right now, I believe Jesus will heal you on the spot. Now, I don't always go in that way. I just stepped out in that moment, thought, okay, let's just go for it. The guy looked at me and he was like, well, that's an interesting statement, you know? And I said, no, you let me pray for you. I really believe Jesus will heal you. And he goes, man, I've had this pain for years. Go for it. So I started to pray for him. And when I mean why I prayed for him, I meant like literally this. I command like the ankle to be healed, the leg to be healed now. In Jesus' name, all pain go. Now move your leg. Well, I did that the first time, nothing happened. Second time, nothing happened. Third time, nothing happened. By the fifth time I prayed that, he's not feeling anything, nothing. All I see is looking at his watch. And I could see my friend behind me kind of going, you know, hey, maybe it's, it's not the time for the kingdom to come today. It's the now and not yet of the kingdom. And I said, well, hey, how about this? I said, I could see you to go somewhere. I said, yeah, I need to go to that store, but I'll come right back and let you pray for me again. And I thought, We'll see, but I'll stay here just because he said that. So he leaves, and about five minutes later, he comes back with five other friends. And I'm thinking, okay. He, he walks up and he says, hey, listen, you can finish that thing you were doing. Now, I thought he came with five other friends to mock me, you know? And I thought, okay, if he said, do it, I'm going to go for it. So I prayed again and again, nothing is happening. By the 42nd, 47th time that I prayed for him, the power of God hits the man and he gets completely healed and he's flipped out. Now all of his friends now know, cause he's like, he's like trying to now get me to believe that he got healed. You know, he's like, no, really it worked. It really worked. And out of that simple pressing in and not just praying once, not praying twice, not praying three times, but praying as long as that person will allow me that 47th time, something broke open. That guy gets healed. And not only does he get healed, he gives his life to, the, to Jesus and his five friends come into the kingdom as well. Come on. Just That's by so simply taking the time to press in and go after it. And there's times, listen, we're gonna pray for people and we're not gonna see that happen. But we don't let that dictate that, you know, okay, if we didn't see it happen this time, that we're not gonna stop praying for the sick. You know, we need to keep going after this place and Jesus called us, go, 
heal the sick. He didn't really say pray for this. He said heal the sick. Now, that's an impossible task that you and I can't do. I mean, I can't just pull healing out of my pocket. I can't, you know, raise someone from the dead. But what I can do is obey Jesus. And when he said in Matthew 10, as you go, preach this message, the kingdom of God at hand, then heal the sick, cast out demons, cleanse the leper, you know, raise those from the dead. I mean, so it's literally this place of just stepping out as you go in obedience to Jesus. That's what I found. And just doing it over and over and over. That's so good. And I think that's one of the things that, that like for me, um, I just, you know, God just said, okay, I want you to do this. And I, I just, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't understand anything. So I just did it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just, I'm like, okay, this is what he's telling me. And it was funny because the, the, when I first started to, to pray for people for healing, I didn't understand that, that I, that they were really going to get healed. Yeah. I just was being, I was just trying to be obedient and because the Lord would tell me to do something and I would be like, I'm not doing that. And then he would say it again. And I would be like, I think that's the devil. And then, <laughs> then it was like the third time I heard it, it was like, Oh shoot, that's God. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Yeah. So, so I would go ahead and I would do it. And it was, it was really interesting because there was this woman who came to my counter and, um, she actually looked like a monkey. She really did. Brian, she was, she was so, she had cancer wow. and she was so skinny cause she couldn't eat. Yeah. So she was telling me that, that, you know, she, and her skin was yellow. She was jaundice. Her eyes were yellow because, yeah. you know, like every, she was shutting her body was shutting down. I could, I could actually smell death on her. And, um, and so I thought, well, I'm not, I'm not, this is a done deal. You know, yeah. this is a done deal. And, um, and so we're, we're talking and I'm just trying to make small talk and she was going to a wedding. So I was going to do her makeup and stuff. And so what happened is, um, the Lord, she, she cries because she starts crying because she couldn't, she couldn't fit in women's clothes anymore. And she had to go wow. shopping the little girls because huh. nothing. She, she tried a triple zero and it didn't fit. So she now had to go wow. downstairs to like the, to the June, to the children's section to find right. clothing. And she started crying. And as soon as she started to cry, the Lord said, I want you to pray for her. And I'm like, Lord, she's going to die. And he said, I want you to pray for her. And I said, Okay. And so I, first I have to give it to her in a way that I don't know where you are spiritually. Cause she could be blaming God for the, whatever this is. And, um, and so I said, okay, so I, I share with her and I said, I have a book of people that I've, I've prayed for and I can show you the ones who've been healed. And she goes, okay, go show me that book. So I bring her the book and she goes, Lee, I'm going to be in this book. I'm going to be in this book. And I said, yes, I said, so I, wow. I'm going to pray for you. And she said, okay. And so I prayed for her. Now this is the crazy part. Like, just like you said that you saw like the glory of God, like come on that person and immediately they were changed. So I, so I pray and I don't necessarily notice something, but as I'm continuing to putting on makeup, I pull back and I go, I mean, I know our makeup is good, but it's not that good. And I said, but her jaundice went away. Her skin wow. color changed. The yellow in her face changed. And she start, I saw her starting to, her face started to shift. So we started to continually talk. And she still wasn't like, 
Like she still wasn't still sure about like this whole thing that just right. happened. And, and I felt like there was something else I was supposed to pray for. She goes, I'm not going to tell you what else I would like you to pray for Lee. She goes, let's just see if God. And so she challenged me. Yeah. But this is the crazy thing, Brian. I looked at her hand and two of her fingers disappeared. And I looked and I grabbed her two fingers. She goes, that's it. That's it. Those are, I, I can't feel my fingers. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so I prayed for the two fingers, whatever. Then I don't see her. And then this is where the Lord, this is where the enemy comes in and says, oh, nothing happened. Because you what? didn't see anything. Like, I know what I saw, but nothing happened. And so the Lord said to me, he said, I said, Lord, did she get healed? He goes, well, do you think she got healed? Mm. I said, yes, I do. He goes, and she got healed just like that. Wow. So I waited and it was three months later, she comes back to my counter and I didn't recognize her. Wow. And oh, she's wow. asking me for something. And then she goes, Lee. And I, as soon as she said that, I knew who it was. She put on 15 pounds. She said that exactly what I told her. I said that when they took out the lymph nodes that they would not find any cancer. She oh. said, everything that you said has happened. That's when my, that's where my uh, faith just skyrocketed. Wow. And I said, okay, Lord, whatever you tell me to do, I'm just going to do. And so it's like when you, the reason that I, I really want to talk about the different stories, I want to talk about your stories. I'm sharing some of my right. stories, but for the people who are listening, you can have these kinds of same experiences. This is, I am not doing anything special. I am not special. No offense, Brian. Brian's not special. <laughs> he is a son of the most high God, which makes him special. Right. But there, but there's nothing in us that is not in you if you are a believer in Christ. If you are a believer in Christ, this is what we're all called to do. And so we can all lay hands on the sick and that they will recover. The, the thing that I really want to encourage you is that, like Brian says, you have to step out. You have to step out. And so sharing these experiences, sharing these uh, testimonies, hopefully it's getting you guys excited about, I want to see this. I want to experience this because that's exactly what you do, Brian. You take people and you teach them and show them how to do these things, right? Absolutely, that, that, and that's really my heart. Is I, I believe that's the ministry of Jesus is, is to duplicate and to give it away and teach people. And I have taken, you know, a five-year-old, five-year-olds to someone in their nineties and who've never seen healing, and by the end they're seeing healings take place. They're seeing people come to Jesus, and it's because often if we'll just, you know, make ourselves available, God will put His ability on our availability. And so that's the thing, just being available, getting into that situation, getting into that moment. And here's another thing I like to say too, is that we all go through life, we all go through circumstances, we all go through stuff. And I'll tell you, you know, in my book, you've read it, it's not just about, uh, you know, all the things that, you know, the, the roses, that, you know, there's some thorns right. that are freaking, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And one of the things that I, I share is this place where, you know, when we first actually started the, the, our church, I, I had, um, my mom came down with stage four melanoma cancer. My son came down with um, a disease called pandas, which is um, an autoimmune disease. And he went from a special, I mean, a, a normal kid to a special needs kid literally overnight. And my, I had a thing in my uh, esophagus called achalasia where it quit working. And the Lord says, I want you, that's when we started our church. And the Lord says, I want you to go pray for the sick like you've never prayed for the sick before. And, and the Lord said, I don't want you to get caught up, Brian, in the, the chaos that's going on in your life, but I want you to be focused on the commissioning that I've given you. 
And so I literally would go out and I would pray for people. I would see people healed and I'd come home. And guess what? My, my son was still, you know, thriving on the floor, sick as could be. I would come home just like my stomach hurting, like barely could you know, make it. My mom was still sick. But we kept pressing and praying for people. We kept doing stuff. And, you know, what I was happening is the Lord was teaching me a couple things. One is to, to rely on him, two, to not need to become a victim, and to that even in your circumstances of whatever's going on, you could still press in and begin to pray. And it was the most therapeutical thing that I could have done is that just listening to Jesus. And, you know, how healing came for me was I had a surgery. How healing came for my son, it came uh, in some medicine and prayer. But my son ends up praying for my mom who's stage four melanoma cancer, and she gets completely healed. So, but all that time pushing and going through stuff. So I always love to take people that are going through a hard time. And I said, look, this is the greatest point in your life right now. Go pray for this and give out of your own need. Because you actually understand what it's like for someone to be afflicted or be in pain. So you're close to that situation. So go give what you wish somebody else would give to you. And I remember being in this, you uh, about authority earlier, about compassion, talk about just activating people. I was in South Africa this one time and I had was in, in the meeting. And here's the thing that most of the time that I find is that in South Africa or even here in the States is that most people will believe like, you know, the guy that shows up, yeah, the Lord's anointed that person. He has a special gift, you know? And so I said, listen, there really isn't anything special about me. I'm just a, a normal everyday guy. I'm just a skinny man trapped in a fat man's body, you know, trying to love Jesus. And I said, but most of you still wouldn't believe that, um, you could do this stuff. You, you only think that I could do it because I'm the, you know, the anointed man of God. But it's not about an, the anointed man of God. It's about really uh, the great God of men. It's about the, you know, it's about the people of God. And I said, here's what's going to happen. I said, by the end of the meeting, you're going to believe that you can do it. And I said, but even if you did believe that, some of you are sick in your body and you don't even believe that God would ever use you. In fact, you feel like you've been afflicted by the Lord. But here's the thing, what's going to happen is the Lord's going to show you that he's going to use you even in the broken parts of your life. Because here's the, here's the truth of the account, is that we're all wounded healers at some level. At some level, we're all dealing with something, whether that's emotionally, spiritually, or physically. And so when I said that, I, the Lord gave me a word of knowledge. I said, there's two people who have a deaf ear and the right ear. Would you come forward? These two ladies come forward. Now, this next thing that came out of my mouth was one of those times where just the gift of faith just comes on you. I said, as a sign to you that God will take ordinary, everyday people and take the broken and heal the sick, as these two ladies lay hands on, their, on each other, their deaf ears will pop open like that. Now, when I said that, all of a sudden I was like, that just came out of my mouth. What if that doesn't happen? You know, and so I thought, okay. Either it's going to happen or it's not, and if it doesn't, then guess what? I humble myself and said I was wrong. But guess what happened? These two ladies stretched out their hand to one another, and they're both of them, their ears were restored. Their deafness broke right there. Now, what happened was a congregation got filled with faith. Because I said, listen, you didn't believe that two ordinary people, let alone two people that were you know, death in their ears to pray for one another. And then the power of God did come on these two ladies and their deaf ears could open. Now what could God do for you and do through you? That night, I have a video that's amazing. That night we stayed and we equipped every single one 
in that church how to pray. And by the end of the evening, those that came up through word knowledge or just needed prayer, we had a whole, from one wall to the next wall, and this is a big church, 100% of the people that night got healed, and we never prayed for anything. They prayed for one another. But it all came from that place of just saying, look, ordinary, everyday people can do this. We just have to be simply step out and simply believe the good news of the gospel. And then he takes ordinary people and does the extraordinary things through them. So um, that's my part is to, is to equip people, to help people to believe that they can do this. And not just in meetings, but do this when you're going to Walmart. When you're, you know, in fact, that's one of the biggest things I love to do is I'll take people out and go, let's, let's just go to the mall. Let's go to a restaurant and let's just uh, do this here in a normal place. Because when you're in a meeting, you know, you have this whipped up of, you know, everyone praying, everyone's doing worship, atmosphere's great. But, you know, you get to do a nine-five job, you may not have an opportunity to, to spend 10, 15, 30 minutes praying or doing worship. You're just standing behind the makeup counter, right, doing your job. And, and then all of a sudden you see someone, I'm putting makeup on, okay, well, you know what, I'm going to put makeup on, I'm going to pray for them, and, they're gonna, and we're going to see Jesus be put on display. And that's where most of us live, is in that place. And so um, I hope as people read that book that that's what they'll get. I really believe that's the message is that all of us can put Jesus on display and love and power. It's just making ourselves available. Absolutely. And I, and that's one of the things it's that, you know, what we're, because, you know, you guys have um, a church and you have a pastor's heart, but you also have that apostolic Papa in you. So your your whole heart is to help people to teach and and to equip and and to release because that's what we're supposed to do. Church has just gotten kind of confused a little bit. But but everything that Jesus said is he says you go out and you teach them and make disciples. Right. That was the mandate. You know, Jesus never said, listen, you guys all stay here. You guys keep the, the stuff and you guys do all the healing. No, he's like, go out and make disciples, make disciples, teach them, teach them how to do what, what you have learned. Absolutely. Because what, well, sometimes I think the the best way <laughs> to, um, did you ever see like um, the, uh, the well of balsam commercial? I don't know but it's like, and they'll tell two friends and so on and okay, so yeah. on and so on. And it's like, it's that multiplication. That's what we're supposed to do is we're supposed to be multiplied. When, when Jesus was here, he was one man, but when right. he went to the cross, we became thousands. We became millions, right. millions of Jesus's. That's who we became. People don't like to say that. They're like, Oh, but well, that's sacrilegious. No, it's the truth. Yeah. Because we became sons and daughters. Right. Because prior to Jesus, there were no sons and daughters. They right. they were still lost. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, so when we got sonship, daughtership, we also got the inheritance of what Jesus gave us. Right. Which Absolutely. was the authority yeah. to go ahead and to lay and lay hands on the sick and right. that they shall recover. That's that's not even like, well, so you know, Jesus didn't say, listen, you know, some will. You know, and then, you know, so might not. No, he never said that. There was never a question. He said, you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Right. So I still am trying to, maybe you can kind of explain this, Brian, <laughs> because, you know, there are so many people who will sit there and try to tell you, well, yeah, sometimes it's not God's will. Yeah, sometimes it's, it's I'm like, I don't, what Bible are you reading? Because right. I'm right. not reading that anywhere. 
And I think it's just because of their fear of man that they don't want to, if it doesn't happen, right? like that they're going to be, well, there you go. You know, I, that person didn't get healed up and that has happened to me. Because and that's yeah, yeah it's and happened to you. Heaven, we are here. There's an, I, I, there is mystery in this whole thing, but we can't allow the mystery to become our main focus. We have to allow the commissioning of Jesus to be. Mm-hmm. And, and there's gonna be times when you pray for somebody, and you know, if they don't get you a physical healing, you know, I, again, just being there with somebody, loving on somebody, there's a healing coming in just that. To be honest, absolutely. But there is a there's a war that's coming that's trying to you know that that happens sometimes. There's a place that we 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 just aren't going to see maybe a hundred percent. I listen. Jesus batted a thousand. Uh, I may not ever bat a thousand, but I'm going to swing like I am. You Come know, on. and I'm going to go after that. I'm going to pray for people, and I do believe it's the will of God to heal. Now, listen, whether healing comes fully in this life or the next. But here's the thing, you know, I even said this in my book. You know, even even people that Jesus prayed for died mm-hmm. you know, all healing is temporary i mean mm-hmm. lazarus he ra- lazarus dead lazarus was raised from the dead but guess what <laughs> lazarus died again right so unless jesus comes back all of us are going to go through that experience but we will resurrect and we'll have new bodies and ultimately healing will come but i think we're, we're to go and we're to press into the kingdom on behalf of people and see this the presence of god and really to me it's not even about the healing it's about them knowing how much God loves them and being, you know, affected by the reality of heaven touching their, their body in a real tangible way. Because we have talked a good talk, but we haven't really demonstrated well. And I think a lot of times what people are, it might be fair, sometimes people just don't have a model that's taught them how to pray for the sick. And I think our job as Christians is to activate people. You know, I was in South Africa, and I, I love South Africa. Um, and I was going in the mall and I was going to get some hairspray and I walked over to this lady. I said, Hey, can you help me find some hairspray? We're in a thing called clicks. It's kind of like a CD, uh, or a Walgreens. And she said, sure. So she takes me over to the place and, um, I had gotten a simple impression in my heart that, you know, she had, you know, problems with her back. I said, listen, I believe you have an issue in your back. Um, is that true? She said, yeah, it's really painful. How did you know that? I said, well, sometimes I get these pictures and impressions and I, just simply step out on and sometimes I miss it, but um, do you mind if I take care of that pain? Now she isn't a, I'm a believer, she didn't know any of that kind of stuff. And I'll, I'll do different things at different times. Again, you're just because sometimes we when we start to say something about Jesus right off the bat, people, oh, I've I've heard that, I've been there, I've done that, and you know, it's all talk, you know. And so what I just said, hey, can I just put my hand on your shoulder? And I said, Now move your back. And she goes, Oh my gosh, how did you just do that? I go, do what? She's like, I felt this heat come on my body and the pain is gone. I said, would you like me to really tell you how I did that? And she goes, yeah. I said, because I'm a Christian. She goes, well, I'm a Christian. I said, you're a Christian, really? She goes, yes, all right. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna go find somebody in the store right now that you know that might be sick and we're gonna do the same thing because this is what Christians do. She goes, are you serious? I said, yeah. Do you know somebody else in, you know, on staff that you know in the store that needs healing? She goes, yeah. So we walked over to another employee and she says, listen, man, this guy just put his hand on me, touched me, and I, I, I was healed my back. I know you're having some issues in your body. Can can we pray for you? And the lady's like, uh, sure. So I said, here's what I want you to do. Just put your hand on her, on her shoulder. She does. The lady gets completely healed of the, the, the pain that's going on in her body. 
Now she's flipped down. She goes, well, I'm a Christian too. And I said, really? You're a Christian too? I said, well, this is what Christians do. I said, let's go find somebody else. So we went, we found a third person, then a fourth person, then a fifth person, then a sixth person. But well, literally, we used, I actually have a video of this thing. It's so funny because it multiplies out. By the way, about 15 people in the store, and they're all getting hit, and I prayed for one. And what I mean, That's I, awesome. prayed, I put my hand on one. By the end of an hour and a half, I kid you not, this was unbelievably amazing. It went, it went from one store to another store. We saw over 80 people completely healed. Come and on. out of those 80 people, I prayed for three people. We had Muslims getting the hearts of Jesus with people in the, in the, I mean, it was phenomenal. And all, and not, listen, not even one person even said something out of their mouth, be healed, they just put their hand on them. And I said, here's the deal. My team that was with me was like flipping out. I'm like, what is this? So like you thing? I said, no, no, no. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. And I said, all we got to do is Jesus is that committed to seeing his kingdom come. And, and listen, these guys in a store, they knew about this much. I said, you guys, we know about this much, and we're not doing anything with it. And he wanted to activate these people. And when they stepped out and they saw the kingdom, I mean, it was unbelievable. And that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to activate equip people, give it away, and show them how to do the stuff. That's so good. And that's so powerful. I, and, you know, I've seen YouTube videos where they're like, hey, here, here, you put your hand on them. Here, okay, now just say this. And it's like, and it, and it just does. Yeah. Because th there is a power in what we're doing. We have to start to understand we are not powerless, but powerful. Right. Right. And and so as as we can start to to walk out and to start doing the things that God has called us to do, we can start changing all kinds of things. I mean, imagine like, you know, just really believe that that you got that phone call that God said, hey, guess what? I'm healing everybody today. You know, somebody who's sick, you know, it's almost like I keep, I'm, I'm a Monty Python fan. And so <laughs> so there's there's the the thing. It's bring out your dead. Bring out wow. your yeah. right now, right now it's about bring out your sick, but yeah. sooner it's, but very soon it's going to be bring out your dead because yeah. we're going to start to see the dead being raised. I know that. I yeah. know that it, because it, it, it is something that it says, you shall lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. She'll cast out demons. You shall raise the dead. So we're, we're getting there. We're getting right. there. But if we haven't gotten this part, if healing hasn't become so matter of fact, it's like, hey, I got to go to the, well, let me take care of you. See, we've kind of, I think with America, because you've seen so many miracles in a lot of other countries, but in America, it just seems, and you being a pastor can kind of kind of uh, clarify or correct, um, we, we have put doctors in the place of God that the doctors and the physicians and i'm not saying there's anything wrong with doctors or physicians but i'm saying that their words have a a, a heavier value to to what the word of god says right and well, so there yeah. has become a misalignment absolutely and i would say this you know and this is true i've seen just as many healings and miracles here in the u.s and in my own okay. hometown uh -huh. I've seen anywhere else because Come i'm not but now what i haven't seen is like the explosive thing like that with all those people like that. I've seen it on a smaller level because you're in a different culture in a different place where it's almost allowed to be 
you know, to, it's just a whole different culture in, that, in some of those areas like that. But I, I, I've seen these same things, and this is, the, this is the deal is, also I think we can believe this, and I understand this too, is that, um, this is just good for me. I mean, I don't believe that doctors are second-rate healers either. I believe mm -hmm. that, you know, I thank God for doctors, I thank God for medicine, I thank God for healing, and however it comes. But what happens is sometimes is when doctors begin to be that final authority, instead mm -hmm. you know what I see this is all you do, and they can almost put something on somebody and then not, you know, stepping out. I think what we need to do is we need to help people to be equipped to pray for the sick. We need to help people to also, you know what, go to the doctor, that's not a bad thing. We need to help people to live well, we need to help people to die well. We need to help people do the whole thing well. And, it, and so, but if we'll just step out, we'll begin just to simply believe. And if we pray for somebody and we don't see anything happen, see it the way we think it's gonna happen, man, if they feel the love of God, if they see that somebody's with them and caring for them, Again, that's a healing all in itself that is so powerful. But here's the thing. The only way you're going to know if you're, you're going to see healing take place is that you pray for the sick, right? And the only yeah. way you're going to see more healing is that you keep praying for the sick, you know? And at the same time, you pray for a lot of people, you're going to see a lot of people not healed, and you're going to see a lot of people healed. I mean, so it's just in that place of just going at it, praying. And, you know, to me, I think there's those things like you had that lady come to you at the uh, – uh, counter and she was just completely distorted she starts to change before your eyes but she wasn't fully completely healed that moment but healing came later or healing began the process began and process sometimes I think, for me i have to remind myself of those things like that too because i'm looking for the immediate right now let's see it happen but sometimes you know even jesus as you go you know, yes. you'll be healed right yeah um, and so there's lots of things like that that will, in fact, there's one story, I, I, get, I get to this story, because this is, this is an incredible story, it's in the book, and, I, and, I, and it'll hit a couple of things, one on compassion, one on just, um, you know, we may not see it at the beginning, but we might see it later. So I was at, at a Walmart, and I was, um, you know, getting ready to leave, and I see this lady, and she is sitting uh, out and she's just saying, help me, please, somebody help me. And when I look over at her, I see people just passing her by, right? And to be honest with you, I kind of want to pass her by. And I think here's, a, here's why, is because sometimes we see a mess like that and we think, uh, what am I going to get into? What kind of mess am I going to get into if I, if I start to help somebody? I, but here's the thing what I found is that the message of the gospel is found in the messes of people's lives. And so we actually take that chance just to be there. We can see some extraordinary things happen. Well, this lady, she was all crippled up. Her hands were turned in. Her feet were turned in. She had been bruised, beaten, and um, she was in a wheelchair. And her husband had left her. She's no money, nothing. And so I just simply pray for her. I take everything out of my wallet, and I give it to her. And, I, and she ends up calling a cab, you know, the whole thing. She gets somewhere. Well, I thought I'd never see that lady again. And, and that, that's that's all I did. I just stepped out on that simple, you know, here's my loaves, here's my fish, you know, like the little boy, right? Well, God multiplied that. So here, fast forward almost 20 years later, I walk into a tea shop with my wife because she loves to go drink tea on our little you know, dates and stuff like that. And, you know, for me, I drink tea and it just makes me want to pee. So, you know, and so honestly, I, I'm, I'm getting up to go to the restroom and this lady grabs me and she goes, 
do you remember who I am? And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm never gonna come back to this tea shop again. This is crazy. I said, no. She said, you don't remember me? I said, no, I don't remember you. She said, I was that lady at Walmart, beaten, oh, bruised, yelling out, will somebody help me, will somebody help me? And people passed me by. You stopped, you prayed for me, you gave me money. And she goes, look at me. I actually have a video, this is, I'm gonna do a video of this. She goes, she was in a scooter. And I thought, well, okay, she's in a scooter. She goes, look at my hands, they were all crippled up. Look, they're straight. And she was the only time in the scooter because I have, uh, she had um, uh, seizures every once in a while. So she, but she goes, watch, I can get up and she starts walking and she spins around and she sits down. She goes, thank you for stopping and praying for me. Come on. And she goes, hey, can you pray for me for something else? I go, sure. So I have a deaf ear. And so we prayed for a deaf ear, pops open right there. God totally touches this lady in another powerful way. And I remember she said this, she goes, I said, man, God's so good. She goes, yeah, and God's always going to be healing on me. That's what she said. You know, it was the sweetest thing. But you know what? So, so sometimes we'll, we don't know what to do when we see someone like that. But what if we stop, just give the little bit we have, simply step out? I, you know, it was the grace of God I got to hear and see that testimony. We may not see those until we get to heaven. But God took that little moment of me just step, stopping for the one, praying for her, giving her money. And this lady got completely healed. She had MS completely, totally set free. Come on. See, and that's, but see, it's those moments that there's those moments where we have a choice. Do we want to, do we want to truly be used? People say, here I am, Lord, use me. And And I don't mean to sound you know, snarky. I don't mean to do that, but it's just like, he wants to use you, but you need to really want to be used. And so they're like, well, you know, I think I'm called to this, or I think I'm called to that. And well, what are you doing about that? Because God will, what you start to do, God will do the things you can't do. But if you're not doing anything, he's not going to be able to do anything. You can't move a parked car. Sorry. That's good. That's good. You know, so it's like it, it's it's in those moments because you know, I, I when I started to hear the stories when I saw the movie Um Finger of God and I saw that, well, they're just like you said, it's it's a it, you have to take action. Right. You have to. Yeah. And you so, have to get on the boat before you walk on water, right? Right. Yeah. You know, and uh, let me tell you, I people will people put Peter down. I, I'm telling you, he's the only one who got out of the boat. I'm just saying. He's yeah. the only one who got out of that boat. Yeah. So, That's right. but, but there's, there's something that, that happens as you start to move because in momentum, God can push, he can, right. he can do things through your motions. And as we start to hear the testimonies, as we start to, wow, that's so cool. I would love to see that. I would love to do that. I would love start doing it. Absolutely. If, if you're a believer, if you are, if you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then you are considered to be a son or a daughter. Right. And if you are considered to be a son or a daughter, then you have an inheritance based on Romans eight. So, and it says, you know, all of creation is groaning for the sons and daughters of God to rise to manifest. Right. Because not only are we supposed to be taking care of, of healing and raising the dead and casting out demons, which is something we didn't even talk about. 
but we're also supposed to be speaking to storms. We're supposed to be speaking to trees, you know, that to bring fruit. We're supposed to be speaking to the earth and saying that I am a daughter, I am a son of the most high God. And so you are free to do what you are called to do. Yeah. That there is something that we have to understand that our words have power. Yeah. And that our actions speak louder sometimes than words. How about that? <laughs> you, you did something that was really powerful. You said to that lady that came to your makeup counter, you said, I have a book of you. Mm -hmm. That is oh. powerful. Because you, <laughs> you took the story, right? And you, I, I'm assuming that's what you did. You, you wrote down, here's where I saw God heal somebody. And, and that is something the Lord has, has told me. Every single time that I pray for somebody, I either do one or two things. I either actually record it, sit down and write it out, or mm -hmm. I video it. And the Lord has told me to, to do that because you know what? Here's the thing is, I don't care how many times you've seen it, you can, your faith can get really low too. So you've got to remind yourself again. But it's mm -hmm. also, you know, to help to share the testimony, to build faith up with others. And it's to give glory to God. But I think that's such a wisdom that you, you did that. And I, I mean, you just start taking, you know, Hey, I saw God move this time. And if he did it then, he can do it again. And that's what helps me. And now what's happened is, you know, Israelites, when they see something happen, they put a memorial stone, right? I have memorial stones all over my city. I'm like, Walgreens, that's where I saw someone get healed. Yeah. McDonald's, that's what, Walmart, right over there. Oh, wait, wait, Walmart. you did a McHealing? Oh, all of the city. So when I, it's like, <laughs> the Lord, like, one day showed that to me. He said, Brian, these are your memorial stones. The place, I think I can't go in the city that I haven't seen somebody heal. And yeah. so it's like, it's like a reminder when my faith is low, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm just passing by that you know, place where I saw this person get healed. Okay, again, you've been commissioned and called to do the work of the kingdom. Mm, that's so good. Um, but I, I do, I do want to tell you why I did, I did what I did yeah, because yeah. I was working, I was working in. I was working at the cosmetic counter, which I loved, but I didn't like doing the retail hours. It was really long. It was really yeah. hard. I was really tired. And I just was really frustrated because I knew that I was called to ministry. Mm. But um, so I think I was in there at like year two. And I was like, Lord, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Like, this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. I know I'm supposed to be doing more. And the Lord said to me, he goes, Lisa, I want you to write down every single person you've prayed for. Wow. And so I started writing them down. And as I started to write them, he reminded me. So wow. I wrote down the ones that he reminded. And after we finished writing them down together, he said, I want you to count. And I counted. And this were just people at my counter. And um, I counted and it was 75. That's and, he, and he said to me, he said, Lisa, he said, there are some churches that don't even have 75 people in them. Right. He says, do you see that this is just at this cosmetic counter? It's only 75. Right. That's what you're seeing. But there's 75 people that you've touched. Yeah. yeah. He said, and they were changed. And here's the thing I love about it too. This wasn't a church service. This is behind the makeup counter. <laughs> where, you, where people yep. are. This is yep. your vocation is your ministry. That's where Absolutely. you're supposed to shine. Jesus is right there. So you're looking for a ministry. It's not like, okay, hello, you know, get a website. Let me do all this kind of stuff. Let me go get a church. no, we honestly don't. Here's what I really do. I have really, the ministry I have. The ministry you have is the ministry of Jesus. Come on. And that means to put him on display wherever you are and just begin to be faithful. And if, and, and if you're faithful in a little, guess what? God will increase and give you more. And guess what? That more is to give away to somebody else to encourage them to keep going after it. 
And if they're thinking like, Felicia can do it, maybe I can do it. If Brian can do it, maybe I can do it. Absolutely. And that's the thing that we want to do. Is I, I mean, I love your story behind the counter at the makeup counter. I mean, that's beautiful. That 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 is the embodiment of, of my book, putting Jesus on display right there. I mean, I love that you do that. And one of the things too, I don't, I don't know if we already in, but I want I do want to say this because um, one of the things the Lord spoke to me several years ago. I actually share this in the book too. Um, he said that Brian, I'm going to pour my spirit on two two uh, specific people in the church. It's going to be women and those in their 50s and above. So that's men and women, 50s and above. And so if you're a woman and you're 50s and above, I guess this is like double portion right for you, right? <laughs> and so, but he said, because these are two areas where the enemy has come against these two groups and the church has, has literally uh, agreed with the enemy, so to speak. We, we'll tell women, you know what? You can do this and you can do that, but you, we're only going to let you do so much in the church. And a lot of cases, right? And so we'll just put our little thumb on and just speak when we tell you. Now I'm saying women roar like the, the lioness you've been called to do. I mean, just speak it out. So the, the first evangelist was Mary. She went out to look and find Jesus, right? And she saw the angels and are like, he's not here. Go tell them that your Lord is risen. You know, I mean, so the woman at the well, one of the greatest evangelists. Absolutely. You know, I talk about her in the book, I mean, and there's a whole thing about her, her whole life that, that is uh, is just powerful that church history talks about. Anyway, so women, and if you're a woman, God wants to use you powerfully. And I said some of the greatest evangelists, some of the greatest leaders, some of the greatest pastors, some of the greatest teachers, some of the greatest signs and wonders are to come through women. And those 50 and above, here's the reason, because what we've done is, okay, my life's starting to kind of, you know, slow down, and the church says, you know, we're looking for the 20s, we're looking for the 30s, and we never talk about those in the 50s. No, listen, we don't want just the 50s for the money. We want the, the 50s for the wisdom and their walk with God, and we want them to continue to keep burning for Jesus because what we want to do is make the younger people jealous and to show them that this is what you do as you get older, that you should burn for Jesus when you're 85 years old just as much as you burn for Jesus when you're 17 years old. And That's so... Right. What we want to do is we want to encourage those people. And here's the thing. Young people are looking for older people just to notice them, to love them, to mentor them, to be father and mother. And so it's, it's the easiest thing in the world to do. And so in women, just just how you guys are built. I mean, listen, there really isn't a fearless woman I've met. I mean, they're just like, I mean, for, they'll just go after because they've learned to just have to be in situations where honestly a lot of men haven't had to be. And you, you guys have had to adapt. And so just take that. And just be who you are with that feminine quality, that, that, that beauty, and, and then just blow them away with that the anointing of the Holy Spirit in you and pray for them. So I really believe if you're a woman listening or you're 15 above, man, I, if I were you, I would just hold out your hands. I want, I want to pray. I, I want to see you activated to do the stuff of the kingdom. Because Jesus is calling you. He needs you. He needs your hands. He needs your feet. He needs your voice. So Holy Spirit, I pray right now. For every woman that's listening, every young girl that's listening, everyone that's 50 and above that's listening, I ask right now, Holy Spirit, everything that you've given to me as freely as I received it, I freely give it away right now in Jesus' name. And I pray, Holy Spirit, they be activated into the calling and commissioning that you've given every believer. Holy Spirit, will you activate their hands of healing? Would you activate their voices with prophetic? Would you activate their feet to carry the gospel? Would you compel their hearts with love to go? 
Holy Spirit, let your anointing come upon them, fall upon them fresh in Jesus' name. Now go and put Jesus on display with loving power. That is awesome. I received that. Heck yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm 50 and I'll tell you what, this is, this is not what I ever in a million billion years asked for or thought of, but this is one of the, the greatest commissionings that God's ever given me. Wow. Next to having my children, yeah. this has been this just praying and, and just holding women and just you know, speaking life into places that were desolate, seeing people getting healed, seeing people getting set free, just um, and just for that one moment, seeing somebody encounter God yeah. with me watching has just been such a blessing, such a blessing. And the, one of the things that that Jesus said to me when when I first started to to when he first started talking to me, he said, Lisa, he said, we will go out. And he said it, and um, he said, and some will listen, we will rejoice, and some will not listen, and we will be sad. Yeah. And he said, but we will have fun. I like to have That's fun. Good. Good. And I thought, Brian, I really thought, oh, that has to be me because I like to have fun. So that must have just been me. No, it's really Jesus because yeah. I've had more fun like praying with, with people, laughing with people, getting filled with the Holy Spirit, yeah. getting uh, knocked over and with the joy and just seeing how, I mean, you know, praying over women in a bathroom. I mean, come um, on. Yeah. You know, some of the crazy stuff, but it's been, it has been such a joy. It has been such a joy and, and it has been so much fun. And I love everything that you do. I love your book. If you guys are interested in getting this book, um, I put up the website so you guys can see it. You can actually go to uh, puttingjesusondisplay.com. That's uh, Brian's website. You can also get your copy of Putting Jesus on Display with Power and lo uh, with Love and Power. So you definitely want to get this book. If you've thought about it, if you thought, you know what, it's time for me to step up. It's time for me to start moving. It's time for me to start being the hands and the this is the book that's going to get you excited because there's also practical applications in it too. So you definitely want to get this, get encouraged first, look at the practical applications and just start walking it out. Just start asking the Lord, what should I do today? Where do you want me to go today? When you go and get your coffee, ask the Lord, is there somebody there that you can give a word to? Don't be afraid because you know what? You might miss it the first time. But you know what? God is faithful and he is not going to um, he's not going to get you disappointed because he's that good of a daddy. He's going to encourage you. And as you as you start to grow and you start to get encouraged, you're going to start to do more. And before you know it, you're going to start to see the miracle signs and wonders that you read about in the Bible. Mm, amen. So Brian, you are so awesome. Thank you so much for, for coming on. I love your book. I love everything that you do. Um, if people are interested in going to visit your uh, churches in Oklahoma City, is that correct? Oklahoma City, it's at crestwoodvineyard.org. Um, okay. Churches. And so, yeah, we'd love to have you come by and, and check us out. So Absolutely. So if you guys are interested in going and checking out Brian's church, you know, you could always just uh, swing on by because that could be kind of fun too. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And do you guys have um, do you guys uh, broadcast your services? Uh, we do have we have some uh, podcasts and you know, video casts and so Perfect. Well. 
So you guys could also go in and check that out. Brian, this has been such a blessing. It's been a great. So thank you for having me on. I just love your story about <laughs> behind the counter, the makeup. That is like, man, that's awesome. Keep doing what you're doing because seriously, uh, there's a whole lot of women that are going to be activated and set free and that are going to be able to find their destiny because you've stepped out and you begin to you said yes to Jesus. You said yes with your with your mouth and you said yes with your feet and your hands and your heart. And I think that's all we need to do. So thank you for doing what you do. Uh, he's a good daddy. How can I say yeah. no? <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much. If you guys are interested in um, finding Brian, you can go to putting, um, puttingjesusondisplay.com. You can get a copy of his book. You can go to also check out Crestwood Vineyard com is that right? Dot org. Sorry, I was so close. Um, and you could also check out his church there. But thank you guys for tuning in again, Brian. Such a blessing, and thank you so much. Remember to go out and touch someone this week, and I'll see you next week. God bless. Bye bye.